Hey, hey, what do you say? Be careful because Mars attacks. This is Bobby Blitz from Overkill. You stay tuned. Hey, this is Chuck Billy from Testament right here on Mars Attacks. This is Chris from In This Moment, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, everyone, this is Dave Minichetti from YNT, and you're listening right now to Mars Attacks. How you doing? This is Frankie Benali from Quiet Riot, letting you know that Victor rocks on Mars Attacks Radio. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Kiske talking, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, this is Richard Patrick from Filter, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, this is Tim Ripper Owens. You are listening to Mars Attacks. Get out of my face. This is Ernie Seat, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey there, this is Joey Vera from Armored Saints, and you are listening to Mars Attacks. Hey everybody, what's happening? This is John Bush, and you're cranking it up on Mars Attacks. Let's do it! Hey all, here's Andreas Kisser from Sepultura in De La Tierra, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Enjoy. Hey, Logan Mader here from Once Human, you're listening to Mars Attacks. Yo, what's up? This is Frank Fellow from Anthrax, and you are listening to Mars Attacks. Turn it up! Welcome, one and all, to episode... 118 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor, and this week we have something very special. We have two giants in the metal field, two specific artists, musicians, however you want to call it, that have been a huge influence on me as a metal fan, as a just listener of music in general. Um, both of these guys, I mean, have been huge parts of my life uh, with their music. The one is Andreas Kisser of Sepultura with his side project also of De La Tierra, which he's going to talk about. And also the one and only Mr. Frank Bello of Anthrax. And he's got his own side project, Altitudes and Attitudes. I always get that name wrong for some fucking reason. It's a tongue twister. Damn it. So, um, those are two of the things that they're going to talk about. Uh, The interviews are somewhat short only because both of these guys have lent comments to uh, the Classic Albums series. And you'll be hearing plenty of their comments next month. We'll leave it at that. But I will say this, there will be an Anthrax album featured, and there will be a Sepultura album featured. And I think you guys will be very happy with both of those episodes and with all of the other episodes that we will have going on. Um, Andreas actually filled in for Scott Ian in Anthrax, as most of you know. So he talks a little Anthrax as well. So it's it's all going to be pretty cool. So, um, so we have that to look forward to next month as part of the sixth anniversary of the Mars Attacks podcast. Like I mentioned during the previous episode, you know, there are people that don't like to, you know, celebrate these types of milestones or whatever. And six years is odd, you know, but. Like I said with the last episode, you know, after my health was in the toilet for two years and not being able to crank these episodes out as frequently as I would have liked to, 
it is time to celebrate that you know the the show has lasted six years we don't have as many episodes as we we'd like you know um i look at other shows where you know they've eclipsed me but um, i'm not putting out three four episodes a week so wish i could but i can't Uh, at this point the material that i do have for the classic album series um there's going to be plenty of <laughs> of material for not only September but beyond. So um, I, I've pretty much done the same with everybody. What I've done is I've gotten their comments for the album series, and then I've also talked about their band. And for the most part, uh, everyone has had some real interesting or cool stories to talk about. Uh, there have been some interesting people that I've spoken to that I didn't expect to speak to. Um, and as a result, that's going to, you know, make things a lot better for these comments. Uh, There are going to be some bands that are lesser known bands, but you know, still awesome comments regarding these, uh, these albums, you know, uh, I can't unfortunately get a home run for everyone. You know, I, with Anthrax, I did try to get, uh, other members, for example, and I spoke to Charlie a while back. His comments will be included. And I was able to speak to Frank. So so there's that. Um, I am grateful that uh, at least I have their comments. And hopefully, you know, again, you guys will enjoy what I have in store for you guys. Uh, also been a bit of a somber week for me. I uh, had a, a friend who was a big part of my childhood. Actually, if I want to be frank about things... Um, it's somebody that I dated for seven years and she unfortunately passed away from Huntington's disease at the age of 40. And it's just hard for me to fathom that, you know, although I, although she's been out of my life for, for a really long time. I mean, the last time I spoke to her in person was, uh, before I moved here to Spain and it was... You know, it's just just odd that somebody at 40 years old um, with so much life ahead of them and to have such a debilitating and cruel disease, you know, um, come along. And uh, and unfortunately, you know, having her die from it, it's to me is very sad. Um, I've been really bummed out all week and it's been weird because I've been really sad and bummed out. And at the same time, I'm interviewing Frank Bello. I'm interviewing uh, Jeff Martin from Racer X f- fame. Uh, you know, people that whose music has really meant a lot to me, especially Anthrax. Uh, Anthrax to me is one of my top five favorite bands. There's so many moments in my life that their music has just helped me through so many hard things, so many hard times. I mean, I mention this all the time where... Uh, you know, music is subjective, it's very emotional, but you remember when, you know, you, you reach these really difficult points in time in your life and you turn on a certain album that that you sometimes turn to as like a good old friend to sort of, you know, lean on that album's shoulder or those lyrics or whatever it is to, you know, to to continuously... to to get you going, you know, to make you move forward, to get you, to try to get you over the hump per se. And with Anthrax, it's definitely been that, you know, for a very long time. Um, We talk about the New York Steel show during uh, 
this episode. And some of you will know that, you know, I was there on September 11th, about 100 yards away from the towers, got to take everything in. And, you know, I've always said it. I, you know, I was, I wasn't in the towers. I don't know anybody that died. I, you know, I saw firemen and, uh, police officers and I'm assuming port authority and EMT workers rushing into those towers. So who knows how many of those people I saw that never came out again. You know, I saw that second plane crash and all that. And I don't want to get into that during the episode, but yeah, we talk about New York steel and how much, you know, that, that concert meant so much to me and it was like that point for me and I'm sure it was for a lot of people to say, hey, you know what, let's dust ourselves off and and let's move forward. Um, So that's why whenever I get a chance to speak to someone that was a performer at that event, I always thank them or I always bring it up, man. And who it, it, I mean, I have, I have goosebumps right now talking about it um the both the the death of my friend here and um and talking about new york steel and and wanting to talk about that connection that we have with music and how it's something so special to us and it means so much to all of our lives um so yeah i i do want to you know dedicate this episode to her her name was mary ellen minahan um and, you know, if if you guys can, donate what you can to the American Huntington's Disease uh, Foundation. They're in New York. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes. If anyone wants to, you know, just go ahead and, and do so. Uh, you know, I, I found out that um, that she was sick with this disease. Her mother, unfortunately, passed away from the same disease. found that a few years ago. And one of the things that I had thought about doing was through my various connections that I had with the podcast was I had written a bunch of songs actually what you hear for the intro the the name of that is Death Walker Um, that was influenced by actually the the series Caprica the uh, Battlestar Galactica offshoot but anyway um, I'd written a, a bunch of a bunch of songs and I'd contacted a bunch of people and said hey look you know I'm writing this um, I want to raise money for, you know, for Huntington's disease and research and whatnot. And I really only had one person that responded and said they were cool with it. And that was Alan Tecchio, um, of Watchtower, Hades and nonfiction fame and Autumn Hour and this and that. And I will be eternally grateful for him that he didn't bat an eyelash or anything and, um, and said that he would do it. Uh, things sort of fell apart. I, you know, I I actually had begun working on booking time in a studio and everything, and and it would have been. I think it would have been cool, um, especially getting you know different people involved with the stuff, and um, you know, and and trying to combat such a such a horrible, horrible disease. You know, go online and. And just read about it, you know. It's just terrible. But uh, anyway, I do want to thank you guys for checking this episode out. For anyone that is coming to the show for the first time because they are fans of Anthrax or Sepultura, 
what I'm talking about with the classic album series. It is basically a list of albums that I put together. And there are musicians, journalists, producers, so on and so forth that have lent their comments to the series. And basically it's people just talking about various albums. Albums that have helped push forward the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal, basically. And just hearing people talk about these albums, you know, as musicians that have played on them. Or as fans, hearing them open up and say, wow, you know, this album... Really, you know, I really love this band. I really love this album. You know, those types of things. Just awesome getting that type of reaction from them. So in the meantime, if you want to check out a previous entry into the series, very simple. All you have to do is go to MarsAttacksRadio.com and go to the right-hand side of the homepage and click on Classic albums column and you'll find all of the information that you need to check out previous episodes Uh, we've changed the format a bit over time and um, i think moving forward we'll follow similar to what we did with the heaven and hell episode where it's just going to be comments intros and comments things like that I, i mean the whole idea is to turn you on to an album if you've never listened to it or to have you go back and revisit and check out an album that maybe you hadn't listened to in a while, or maybe you had panned or whatever initially, and now you you might you might actually dig it. Who knows? So there's that. I uh, want to remind you guys to head on over to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mars Attacks Radio. Like the page. Uh, on Twitter, we are um, Mars Aries 2005. And on G+, it's plus.google.com forward slash Mars Attacks Radio. So there you go. And all those links are on the homepage as well. So just to make things easier, if you want to go there, click on it, go over to the other sites. That all works out. want to also remind you guys to check out my podcasting news site. Um, we are building slowly and slowly with the site. We've got a lot more content on there. Uh, I upload things as frequently as possible throughout the day. And, um, that site is earpeeler.com. Uh, you can go there to keep up with all of your favorite podcasts or find out about various interviews that your favorite, favorite artists are doing, whether that's in a podcast format, uh, whether that's a video or audio podcast, I should say, or whether it's some type of print medium. If it's on, you know, one of these big websites like Rolling Stone, or if it's on, you know, a smaller blog like Metal Underground or something like that. If they're interviewing people, uh, what I'm doing is I've set things up so that I am notified about uh, the new news story or new interview, I should say, and I'm posting them up there. Uh, If I skip anything, or if you have a metal blog and you interview people, or if you have a podcast and want to uh, have your, you know, uh, stories or interviews featured on the site, just drop me a line. You can do so by sending an email to earpeeler at gmail.com. If not, you can just fill out the contact form right on the Earpeeler website. And uh, as far as podcasts go, you know, I'm posting information regarding music-based episodes as well. So if you have 
interviews all the time, and then you have a music episode from the time to time as well. That's cool too. We will include that also. That's not a problem at all. So uh, there you go. And same deal as Mars Attacks. I ask you to kindly go over and like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and on G+. The various social media sites are on the homepage of earpeeler.com. Actually, they're on every page that appears and every post. Uh, But I'll tell you what they are now. On Facebook, it is just facebook.com forward slash earpeeler. On Twitter, it is earpeeler. And on G+, same as I mentioned before, with just the earpeeler. But again, um, plus google.com forward slash earpeeler. But anyway, you know, go to the homepage of earpeeler.com and you'll find links right at the top and the bottom to get to, you know, the, um, the various social media sites. So there you go. Let's um, let's get into the music. I think I've talked for quite a while here. And um, oh, and before I forget, I do want to thank the podcasts that have been cooperating and sending over, you know, their stories continuously. Uh, Carrie from MSR Cast and Metal Geeks, he's been great. Um, the uh, Ian Watley over at the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast as well. Uh, he's also been sending me information. So all of that is greatly appreciated. And again, if we miss out on one of your episodes, please let me know and I will add it up there. Um, so yeah. So, all right. So let's get into the music. Let's, um, let's get into the side projects just in case you guys haven't heard any of them. Uh, this is coming off of the first Altitudes and Attitudes album. The name of this track is Here Again. This is Frank Bello with Dave Ellefson or David Ellefson of Megadeth. This is the track Here Again. <laughs>
There you go. Here again by Altitudes and Attitudes. Check the album out. We didn't play the full track there because we want people to enjoy not only the tracks, but I I should say we want people to support the music, support the bands you love. There are various links underneath the show notes for the podcast. You'll find links to, and I haven't set up the the links yet, so I don't know which of these will come up, but there's usually, Amazon and iTunes is usually always, uh, always has these albums, so you'll find links to that. You occasionally will find things like FYE or the Rakuten store for people in the UK. Uh, you'll also find Second Spin or, um, I should say or, excuse me, <laughs> lost my voice there for a second, uh, or you will find a link to um, CD Universe. So check out Altitudes and Attitudes there. So um, really cool album. Didn't know what to expect with that and was pleasantly surprised. And uh, shit, we edited things out there after the <laughs> after the bass solo. So um, how much cooler can you get two bass players in the band and you have a bass solo in the track so there you go all right let's get into a little anthrax here you know i was having this discussion online a little earlier today someone posted something regarding persistence of time persistence of time to me was my favorite album from the joey era and or from the original joey run i should say um the album is much heavier darker than the band's previous work, and and I know you get the typical people, oh, well, it isn't among the living or spreading the disease. That's right, it isn't. (laughs) You know, um, people have a hard time letting go of being, you know, I I always say it, the the Al Bundy reference, you, you, and Anthrax was on Married with Children, but you... um, you can't let go of scoring those five touchdowns when you were 17 years old. I understand that music touched you back then, and it is this is all subjective and emotional. But at the same time, you know, as a musician, I find that a lot of people that want Metallica to do Master of Puppets 2 or saying, you know, until Anthrax does Among the Living or something like Among the Living, I'm turning my back on them, man. You know, shit like that usually comes from people that have never picked up an instrument in their life and don't know what it's like to evolve as a musician, you know. Um, It is interesting to me, and and everyone has their own opinion. You don't have to agree with what I'm saying at all. I mean, you could think I'm a a douche for saying all this for all I care. But anyway... um, You know, here's the thing. The band evolved. The band grew. And to me, you know, I... I, Man, it made me such a huge fan back then, then, I should say. um, Because, you know, it was... It was as if spreading and among the the living and even state of euphoria to a certain extent were linear in its growth. You know, you had a growth from Fistful of Metal to Spreading, but then Spreading to Among the Living, I mean, Among the Living for the place and time that it was when it came out and everything, 
it, it was the perfect storm for them. I'm not going to deny that. It is a thrash classic. But as a pure fan, as a someone that's a wannabe musician that grew up playing music and recording and this and that, um, to me, Persistence of Time was just such an amazing album. And to me, that album is the starting point to everything that came after. And just the, the band kept growing and growing and growing musically after that. You don't have to agree with me. There are plenty of people that don't like the John Bush era. I love the John Bush era. I'm not going to lie to you at all. Uh, that said, when Worship Music came out, you know, my initial reaction was I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. And, you know, after really loving all those John Bush era albums, you know, at first I was like, man, this isn't John Bush. But at the same time, I thought, but this is Anthrax. I have to give it another shot. I went back and I listened to it. And I'm like, wow, you know, this song's actually cool. You know, this other song's pretty cool. And listen to it again. And the album kept growing and growing and growing on me. And it's funny because a little while back I did an Anthrax special, a two-part Anthrax special with the guys over at the Decibel Geek podcast. And... I had to re-listen to the album. I hadn't listened to it in its entirety in a while. And I listened to it again, and it was like, holy shit, I forgot about The Giant. And I forgot about Judas Priest. And I forgot about, you know, so it's an amazing album. You know, I, I really enjoy it. And in hindsight, I wish I would have enjoyed it from day one. I would have listened to it a lot more. But, you know, uh, after doing that, Decibel Geek Special, I have listened to it a lot more. So I I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not important when an album clicks with you. It's that it does click and that you enjoy it and that you do support the band and you do, um, in my case, help spread the word of the band uh, by, you know, interviewing them, playing some of their music. And uh, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people don't realize this. A lot of people, I should say, from the old school, you know, mentality of how the, the music industry works. And, you know, there there are a lot of different elements, bands, uh, management, PR people that don't give a crap about podcasting. Well, now they're paying attention because Eddie Trunk is doing it and Jamie Jost is doing it and Chris Jericho is doing it and so on and so forth. Um, I get it. They have a, a, a audience that they've cultivated over years and years of what they do. And it's sad that, you know, in in my case, from personal experience, you try to get an interview with someone and I understand, you know, people are sick and tired of answering those same song, the same answers, excuse me, over and over again. But at the same time, you know, going on the the local morning show, hey, we have so and so on the madhouse, yes. And once they hang up, they make fun of, you know, um, <laughs> someone's sexuality. In the case of Rob Halford, for example. Or, you know, I've heard instances where Scott Ian has been on a show and they make fun of his beard afterwards, you know, that that type of shit. Um, it's stupid to me, and it's annoying as a podcaster trying to get these people on that, 
you know, you have the these people that are just cashing checks or whatever, and you know, kudos to them for for being able to do that. But that you know, these interviews are going to people that are really uninterested, and you know, ultimately, it's not going out to the diehards or the fan base that would actually say, "Hey, you know what." Anthrax is coming in into town. Let's go check them out. You know, and I'm not saying that Anthrax is hurting for ticket sales or anything like that. It's just an example. Um, but there have been other instances with bands that I know that the shows have been papered to no extent. And what papered means is that they've had to give away a shitload of tickets to make the arena look as if it was full. So, and I'm talking about big name acts that are pulling in less than like a thousand people and the venue holds closer to five. So, um, but anyway, so, so those types of interviews are being, are being, aren't being given to a lot of podcasters, but they're going out to that local morning show where a lot of people are are migrating either either to satellite or they have their phone or they have their iPod and they're just not listening, which is why terrestrial radio from a rock standpoint, is dying. Also, terrestrial radio, classic rock radio, and all this has really shot itself in the foot uh, due to the fact that they want to just focus on hits and whatnot. And whatever, that's cool. But, you know, when when it goes the way of oldies radio, I can just use the example of CBS in New York where people fought to keep that station on it went away the ratings were nowhere as good they brought it back then it went away again and there's really like no oldie station that i'm aware of in the new york area at the moment why because people get older uh people start dying and the fan base just isn't there anymore and the fans will um the fans will gravitate to what they know and what they want to listen to, you know, they, they will gravitate to just certain specific elements that, you know, they want to turn on and listen to and, 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 you know, tune out and zone out with that stuff, you know, so that's why, you know, you don't have younger people getting into a lot of these newer bands because they don't have that exposure because there, there wasn't an outlet created classic rock is the new oldies stations, unfortunately. And within the next 10, 15, 20 years, they're going to go the same way (laughs) that all those other types of music have gone, unfortunately. Um, That will also equate into not only listeners, but album sales, but people it shows. You know, people take that for granted. That, you know, people get older, they have families, they have bills to pay, and... They don't have the same disposable income as they they did when they were teenagers. So, and and, and I'm getting off on a very long tangent here, um, but you know, I I do have to say that um, I do have to say that Anthrax's people were very very good in getting Frank over to me, and hey, I I tried to get Scott as well, and it just didn't work out. But uh, anyway, I am grateful I got to speak to Frank, and it was it was cool. You guys will hear part of that in a second. Um, and I do want to say it's the Herfitz PR 
is the company that they're with. Brett and um, Heidi and Missy from Megaforce were tremendous in helping set all this up. And again, I've had other PR people tell me, oh, no, 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 no. Well, the band no longer wants to, they're not interested in talking about that album. We're, we're talking about this new album. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I get it. I understand. I'm not a, a total idiot, but anyway. Let's get into some anthrax. Because um, you guys are hearing this long-winded conversation and you guys want to hear... You guys want to hear Frank. So, um, let's play... What do I want to play here? Because there's so many cool things. Let's play Earth on Hell. I really love that track. So... Um, let's, let's do that. And this, this is a track that actually, when I was contemplating recording, uh, my guitar teacher, David from Century Media, recording artist, Angela Sapatrida, was my instructor. No fault of his that I <laughs> didn't progress like I should have, but anyway, uh, he pretty much taught me various parts of this track earth on hell so i've had an extra appreciation for it let's get into it right now this is anthrax material um i've heard interviews uh where where different members of the band have discussed that there's enough material for a double album when it comes down to deciding what actually goes on the album what 
what makes sense to, to do a double album or trim it down to a single album? Does it make sense because of quality to trim it down? Uh, or does it make sense from an economic standpoint to trim it down from a double to a single album? Well, first off, you know, it's funny you say that. And I'm, I'm listening to the songs to, to give my, my two cents and all this stuff. Because everybody, we're a band and we all collectively get ideas together and all that stuff. So sure. uh, it's, it's hard to choose your favorites. Uh, because we take time with each and every song. Like, we don't just throw a song out. We don't just throw a song together, that's for sure. Uh, we nitpick the hell out of each song, and if we, you gotta live with it. My thing is, Anthrax, and with our songs, you have to live with it as we are. Like, I've been listening to this, this record and all these songs just about every day, at least once to twice, sometimes three times a day. Just seeing what bothers me, what's not right, what doesn't get me going, what brings me back, what says, I, I gotta have more of that. All of the above, just because I think it's important. This is what we do, man. You can't, the attention span of people is not that, I mean, just in, in, in public, in, in general, is you got to right. keep people's attention, man. You have to keep, there's a lot of metal out there. you got to put out the best. So you got to keep that attention span there for the record, you know? And Because uh, I know how I listen to songs. I want to hear what I want to hear. And Because uh, I'm a fan of this stuff. So, um. I, I just think, as far as two records, look, I, I don't know if that's ever going to happen with us, quite honestly. Uh, we have a lot of songs, but we have a lot of great songs, which I'm really happy about. But my thing is, uh, I think, like, I have a good list right now. I have, I have a, my favorites are coming out now, which is great. They're showing up. You know, and I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a list of album songs now. It's, a little, it's about four or five songs over what we're allowed, I, I, what we're going to put out on the record. But we're getting down there, you know, so it's, it's really cool. And it's hard to, it, at this stage, it's really hard to say no to some of them. But you just want, you just want that, oh, my God thing. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. <laughs> right. Gotcha. And is there any ETA on the album? We're talking about January, dude. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we're talking January. Yeah, I mean, we've been working on it. We're, we're just about to um, start mixing. Um we're getting all the nitty gritty stuff done, uh, some B sides, all that fun stuff. But uh, it's uh, just about finished. But the mixing will start soon, and then you know there needs to be a proper setup. You know, all the record company stuff. Yeah. You need to set up the record, make people understand that it's coming out. Uh, by the time you get all that, and you know that that whole propaganda thing, you need to get out there to in order for people to know. So by all that, by the time what is it? It's August now, end of August. So figure, yeah, I'm thinking January. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I had heard all the stuff about the reissue of spreading the disease and the way it was worded in a lot of interviews, it seemed as if it was, you know, that the new album was getting pushed way back. So it's great to hear that it's not that far off. No, in fact, uh, in fact, everybody's asking, they thought, and we also thought, we just wanted to take our time because there's no rush. It has to be the right record. And for us, you can't let it go until it's ready. There's no reason to do that at this stage. And we right. learned that and that's the way to do it. And so... We wanted to just make sure it's the right record. And I think I am, as I speak to you genuinely, I think we have that right record. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more excited for Anthrax. Just as a fan, I'm not, not even a band member, just the fan, because I, I, think, um, I, th I think the songs speak for themselves. I'm really excited about them. I'm, I'm really excited right now about them, because I can't wait to play them live. And that means a lot to me, man. I can't wait to get on stage and play these songs live. 
That that sounds awesome. One of the things that I've always loved about you guys and that I hate about other artists is that you never hear, well, this is a combination of this album and this album. The way you're describing this stuff to me, it just feels like it's going to kick ass just based on your emotion, you know? Well, my thing is I can't. I have to be excited about it, right? I mean, everybody's excited about the new, their new record, but my thing is I have to, you have to live this, man. This is, how, this is what we do. I mean, it's got to have energy. Dude, it's got to kick you in the ass. Otherwise, everybody's wasting time. Right, it's got to be that record. Otherwise, what are we doing? Uh, and I, I, look, I, just as a fan, I mean, I, you put your headphones on, have all your speakers. It's got to blow you away. My thing is, it's got to blow me away. So, I mean, the the last record we just did, Worship Music, it it was it did so well. Thankfully, everybody says Anthrax is back. It's the best record. Blah blah blah. All that stuff. Thankfully, and we couldn't be more happy about that, and and uh, and humbled, quite honestly, because uh, we didn't really expect that reaction, but. We write like that, and I think we're in a good vein of writing right now. I just think we, we've learned something, and uh, I just think right now we're taking the next step into that with this record, so I couldn't be more excited. Awesome. And any ETA for uh, altitude? Or shit, I knew I was going to fuck up there. Yes, altitude and attitude. Yeah, you know, and you know what's funny, dude? Uh, Dave and I uh, both have day jobs <laughs> called Antlax and Megadeth. <laughs> uh, with all due respect to those our, our day jobs, it has to be after that because we can't, we wouldn't put it in the way of that, and we don't want to uh, take any, you know, you know, be in the way of anything. We don't want to confuse anybody or anything like that. We do have a great uh, EP uh, LP coming out. We do, um, Dave and I, for altitude and attitude that we're really excited about. Um, but it has to wait until these records come out. Like, and with all due respect, because that's the way, that's the right thing to do. Gotcha. Okay. And the last thing I wanted to ask you about um, was the New York Steel show that uh, you guys played way back when. Sure. Um, for someone that actually witnessed what happened on 9-11 from about 100 yards away, oh to me, that, that concert was part of the start of the healing process for me. Uh, oh, that's it, great. That's it, great to hear that, dude. Yeah, you know, it it helped me begin to realize, you know, I gotta move forward with life, and and that concert and seeing you guys play just means the world to me. Um, what was it like from your standpoint to have to play that show or to want to play that show? Want to play? Yeah, it was more. Uh, it was we we ha because it was in us. We as New Yorkers, as we all look. Like everybody else in the world, it was a tragedy, complete yeah. tragedy. But this was done to a homegrown um, New York rock band. I feel like I took it personally, quite honestly. And and these poor people uh, from the first responders uh, who went through what they went through. From I mean, all 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 across the board, man. I can't tell you the amount of people coming up to us in the street. Remember that whole anthrax thing? Don't change your name. Uh, right. Um, yep. These, I mean, I can't tell you the amount of cops and firemen that came up to us and say, don't change your name, don't let them win, don't give in, keep your name, keep the name Anthrax, it means everything, you understand? So it was a rallying cry. That whole show was a rallying cry. Like, yeah. we're, we're, we're literally, we're brushing ourselves off, and we're going to move on, and we're going to be better. Uh, and thankfully, thankfully, I'm, I'm fortunate the tragedy of all those people who, God rest their souls and lost their lives, of course. Um, at least it gave people hope, right? 
because yeah. at that time there wasn't a lot of hope. And if we could do our small part and give people hope in such a bad tragedy, it, it meant the world. And I can't tell you the amount of reaction we had from the first responders it was just incredible. The firemen, the, the, the policemen, the, um, the uh, EMT people. I mean, everybody coming to us like a, it was a big rallying cry. It felt it was part of the healing. Uh, whatever we could do to help, really. And I, I still feel strongly about that. I, I do. I, those poor people, what they went through. It's uh, God help them. Yo, what's up? This is Frank Fellow from Anthrax, and you are listening to Mars Attacks. Turn it up!
There you go. A little In the End by Anthrax. Love that track. That's off of Worship Music. Do yourself a favor and pick that up if you already have not. It is a great, great album. A lot of people like to say that it is a return to form. Um, You know, unfortunately, like I said before, a lot of people have the stigma that You know, with Joey coming back, oh, the band is back. But I think that's truly unfair to, you know, Frank, Scott, and Charlie, who have basically been there the whole time. And, you know, I think the the album is great. Let's see what the forthcoming album has in store. So it will be out as as per Frank in January. So that is exciting to hear. So we're only a few months away from that. So... There you go. Up next, we do have Andreas Kisser. Uh, One of the things that I talked to him about for one of the upcoming episodes of the Classic Albums column is Sepultura's covers. And it is just ridiculous that this band does cover after cover. And regardless what band they tackle... They make a track their own. It just goes to show, you know, years back they put out this great EP uh, called um, Revolu Songs. And they covered Hellhammer. They covered Massive Attack. They covered Public Enemy. They covered Devo. They covered Jane's Addiction, U2, and Exodus. And to me, their cover of Bullet the Blue Sky by U2 is the best U2 cover that I have ever heard. Maybe that's me being biased. Actually, Anthrax did Exit, which is really fucking cool too. But um, in any event, um, Bullet the Blue Sky is just amazing by them. You know, uh, similar to what we're saying with Joey and John Bush, people are hung up with Max and Derek Green. I really enjoy what Derek has done. Has done in the band. So um take that for what it's worth. If if you enjoy his work with the band, cool. If not, well you're entitled. A lot of people that only like the, the classic stuff and that's cool too, but again, I like to evolve and l- listen to different things. So there you go. Um so what we're gonna do and I was deliberating whether to do Mountain Song but realize since well Ritual de la Habitual from Jane's Addiction is celebrating 25 years. But this came off of nothing shocking. So we'll go with the U2 cover. We'll go with Bullet the Blue Sky. To me, great cover. Like everything else that they touch, they make it their own. Here we go with a little Sepultura. And then we'll jump into the interview with Andreas Kised.
guested on a bunch of different albums over the years. Is there one appearance that you've done that you would say is your favorite? And is there any sort of dream collaboration you'd like to do with another artist? Well, um, I don't know, man. It's really hard to say. Um, one collaboration that I really enjoy right now, it's uh, actually it didn't come out yet, but uh, 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 it's the Metal Allegiance uh, project okay. with Dave Ellison and Portnoy and Alex Koenig and Mark Mangi. And they called me to do uh, a show in the beginning of the year uh, at NAM, you know, in, in Los Angeles, and we had a great time and stuff. And they wrote uh, original song for to release an album. And uh, amazing people involved, and I'm uh, very happy to be a part of it. I think I played four or five songs, including a Ronnie James Dio cover, We Rock, you know, with um, yeah. endless leads from endless guitars players and stuff. So uh, I was really excited, really cool to, to be a part of it. And, and I think it's one of the stuff that I'm really enjoying a lot right now, you know. So... Um, but I don't know. I would love to play in a Metallica album. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, what is the status of De La Tierra? Do you have any uh, thoughts of doing anything additional with the project? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, we are trying as much as we can to play uh, as much as we can, but it's, it's very hard for the calendar. You know, Sepultura is very busy, and Mana just put out a new album. Animal, you know, from Argentina just came back, and and the bass player with Fabulosos Cadillac also doing shows. So, uh, but you know, we are playing some really important festivals in in, in South America. We're doing Rock in Rio now in October, and we're gonna open the show from Fake No More in in Santiago, Chile, and then mm-hmm. from Slipknot in Argentina and Buenos Aires. So, uh, you know, some really good, great opportunities, and we're already thinking a new album, you know, to put out next year. So. Um, uh, the, the plan is really to continue and, and you know, as, as much as we can, uh, depending on our calendar, you know, play as much as we can. So, and uh, let's see what happens, you know, but um, we're very, uh, we're enjoying very much, you know, it's a really interesting thing for me, you know, to, to play heavy metal in Spanish, uh, have a lot more room to for leads and to sing a little bit in Portuguese as well. So uh, we have great possibilities for uh, for a new album and, you know, really excited to be a, to be a part of this as well. You know, so um, yeah, it's still going, but um, you know, not not as 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 um, as much as we you know we like to. But uh, we knew we'll be that way. You know, from the start. I mean, we knew it's gonna be will be hard. You know, to to arrange all the dates and stuff. But um, it's flowing. It's going. Okay, and my last question: You guys are obviously on your 30th anniversary tour. Um, how special? Is it for you guys to play Vakken during this 30th anniversary tour? That's great, man. I mean, Vakken is one of the the biggest, most important festivals, metal festivals in the world, you know. Uh, It's great to see so many uh, Latin uh, fans over there, you know, not only from Brazil, but from all over the place. And it's it's a festival that is, you know, it grows every year and... uh, it's just great to be there. But overall, you know, we're playing some really great festivals like Bloodstock and Brutal Assault and Summer Breeze. Last year we did Download, you know, and uh, Greenfield and all great stuff. And we did Rock in Rio in Las Vegas with Steve Vai. So, uh, I mean, it couldn't be better to celebrate 30 years in such a great momentum, you know, uh, with new stuff and new new album, you know, uh, the DVD from Rock in Rio, 
the documentary that we are doing right now and you know the special song we did for the fans so there's so much going on you know it's a it's an amazing way to, to celebrate you know so uh feels good hey all here's andreas kisser from sepultura and de la tierra and you're listening to mars attacks enjoy go a little bit of crown and mitre by sepultura coming off of dante 21 such an amazing album man that album to me is a perfect example of how the band has not been just stuck trying to recreate roots over and over again so there you go i want to go back and thank all of the people that made this episode Possible Missy from Megaforce, Heidi and Brett from Herfitz PR, and I believe I'm pronouncing this right, Rank from Flatback. Uh, if it was Spanish, it would be Rienk. So one or the other, I'm assuming, is correct. So if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I apologize. Uh, I want to also thank Frank Bello, and I want to thank Andreas Kiser for coming on. And being such great guests. Yes, the segments were short, but there will be more soon, I promise. So, there you go. I want to thank you guys for listening to the episode. Uh, Andreas mentioned one thing from the Metal Alliance project. And we are actually going to get into a track off of that that features Andreas. Um... The name of the track is Can't Kill the Devil. And let's get the actual rundown here. Because there, there are a ton of people involved uh, on this specific track. Um, uh, well, let's see. There are a ton of people involved in the entire project. This spawned from initially the Metal Master series. And it became the Metal Allegiance so uh, this track features Chuck Billy on vocals, Alex Skolnick on guitar, David Ellefson on bass, Mike Portnoy on drums, Phil Dremel from Machine Head and Violence on guitar, and Andreas Kisser 
on guitar. So we're going to end the show with this track. Uh, the album will be out shortly. And once again, want to thank you guys for checking the episode out. If you're first-time listeners, hope you do come back. Check out more episodes of the Mars Attacks podcast. We'll leave you now with Metal Allegiance. See ya. our show.